Welcome back, everyone, to What's the Play. Danny and Sosa are back with an NFL podcast for you, starting off with the biggest story right now, which is Le'Veon Bell, who has signed a deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, We were expecting this news to come out pretty soon after he was released by the Jets, and Le'Veon Bell didn't take his time with it. He narrowed his teams down to who the Jets were playing in the next three games (laughs) and decided that Kansas City would be the best fit. So. Uh, we just want to go and discuss about how we feel about the signing and what we think is going to happen going forward. Yeah, that was so funny. Once like all the reports came out about him wanting, like narrowing it down to the Bills, Dolphins, and Chiefs, which were the next three teams on the Jets schedule. So definitely a petty dude. We know that for sure. But choosing the Chiefs, you can't go wrong there. Um, you're going with into a great system with a great offensive coach, offensive coordinator, and they're just, they're going to use him to the max. And I think that's a very scary thought for the, for the rest of the NFL. And just, you know, he, he, he wants a ring. He's been used to winning. Now he gets to win and pay back the Jets. So it's a win-win situation for him. Yeah, it's definitely a win-win situation for him and Kansas City um, to add another weapon to that offense. Not that they necessarily needed him, but I think he's more of a luxury at this point than a need. And when you look at how Clyde has been playing in his first five games, he came out really strong in the first game with 130 rushing yards and a touchdown. But he's kind of leveled up a a bit since then and hasn't really been as effective, especially getting near the end zone. He's had I think seven rushes rushes since that first game near the end zone and hasn't been able to punch one in. So I think Le'Veon can kind of come in and do a lot of things for them. I think one thing is that he's a bigger back and a bigger body. So he could definitely be um, an end zone type of guy between the tackles. And he's also a really good receiver, which opens things up a lot for Andy Reid, who can do something things that are really, really creative, as we've seen in the past. And... The last time we spoke about this, I made a joke about how, you know, you could split Le'Veon out wide for the Patriots if he was to sign there. But I was joking at the time, but it's actually not that much of a stretch. When you think about how good he was as a receiving back back when he was with the Steelers, um, he is he does have hands and he is really good at catching the ball. So Andy Reid can do something really creative uh, with Le'Veon in that backfield. For sure. And there's been a lot of criticism about his play on the Jets but we know that that is a sorry franchise and that you can't ju- judge players off of just being in that dumpster fire and what must be a wreck of an organization and so I think he's gonna he's definitely gonna be refreshed he's gonna be resurgent he's gonna be on his revenge tour and he's gonna want to prove that he's still one of the best backs in football and what's really scary is that now the Chiefs have Clyde and Le'Veon so they can split carries, they can split targets. You can have them both on the field at the same time, which is just going to be an unbelievable headache for NFL defenses. And now going into the fourth quarter, if the Chiefs just need to run the ball, they're going to have fresh legs in both running backs. Or if they're down and they just need to pass, which better running back duo would you want? Yeah, that's a great point, actually, on having them both on at the same time. Um can you imagine like having Clyde and Levin on the backfield and then you kind of you can kind of roll them both out 
and kind of have like split them out wide and have like basically five receivers um all at once that's just an absolute headache like <laughs> all all of them can catch the ball all of them can do so many different things like it's just incredible the amount of weapons that Patrick Mahomes has to play with now and mm-hmm. in terms of with his time at, at the Jets not a single game over 100 rushing yards in 17 games with them and never once did he have a carry over 20 yards like it was just so so bad it did not work at all from the beginning and you know, I don't think he saw a hole a day in his life with New York. <laughs> like the all line was just really, really bad and he could never get open and everything was just an absolute mess. So I think he's definitely gonna come into this new situation, hopefully with the right mindset, um, and is able to kind of res- have a resurgence and bring back um some of the Livia Bell of old hold. But we do need to hold him accountable to um being able to do that. A lot of that comes from him and some of his antics that he's had in the past. We know he loves social media and he loves to tweet things and things like that. So we can we got to kind of hope that he's able to um buy into that system there. Yeah, for sure. He's never really been known as, you know, a winning over stats guy, but hopefully mm. the culture at Kansas City can can really change that for him and he'll be able to put winning first over, you know, how many targets do I have? How many carries do I get? And if he can really fit into that system that is just going to be absolutely scary. <laughs> but I will say, I'm very interested to see what he can do on this team. You know, it's still only October, so he's got a lot of time to acclimate to the system. And, you know, the real football kind of starts in November, December, so that's when we'll see the full potential of this team. And we'll see what these defenses can do, because I don't think anyone is stopping the Chiefs from, like, scoring 30, unless you're Belichick. <laughs> everybody but Belichick yeah that's that's a really good point I think he this is the move that kind of puts their offense over the top a little bit um and now in terms of the antics and things like that he's he's gotten paid right so that's like something that he doesn't really have to worry about he's getting he's gotten paid by the Jets everything that he wants so um he can kind of put those kind of those kind of things uh, outside of his mind and focus on playing good football. So really excited to see what they do. Probably not going to have much of an impact this week against the Bills, but um, in about two or three weeks, once he gets more acclimated to offense, it's going to be really interesting. Definitely. And moving on from a very successful team with an amazing head coach, we can discuss some of the very poor performances through the first five weeks of the season by certain teams. And we've already had two head coaches get fired. And I believe there should be at least a couple more in the hot seat. But, you know, they're just sitting in their privilege right now. But we will be calling them out. But first, we can discuss Dan Quinn, who was fired after the Falcons 0-5 start. And, yeah. So, the Patriots kind of destroyed this franchise, didn't they? (laughs) Because ever since 2016, it's been nothing but tragedy yeah brady just ended this franchise literally on that night at the super bowl nothing's good has happened to them ever since (laughs) since then and it's really kind of sad for them but it just is what it is i mean when you have an own five star and you have a defense playing so poorly but you're supposed to be a defensive minded head coach there's a big big problem there really big problem so this move wasn't surprising at all um and I'm just not really sure where the Falcons go from here. 
the rest of the season is not going to go well, I don't think. And I just don't really know what happens to all those guys, all those weapons, Julio, Matt Ryan. I don't really know what happens to that team now. Yeah, it's just so much talent, especially on the offensive side. And they ever since 2016, it's just been disastrous. Like, I can't... Kyle Shanahan must have had a ridiculous impact. Well, we've seen Kyle Shanahan is an amazing coach. You, you know, the, the 49ers had that amazing year last year. Unfortunately, some injuries and um, just haven't looked the same this year. But I don't know. It's just it's unbelievable for that franchise just to be this bad after such a successful season. Like, how does that happen? And with all the it's not like they have bad players either. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just, yeah. it's, it blows my mind completely. And I think the Falcons are getting to a point where they might be forced into a rebuild. They've already gotten rid of the head coach. And sometimes those kind of changes roll over to the quarterback because when you get a new head coach and they kind of want their guy coming in at quarterback. So you have to start to think about what's going to happen to Matt Ryan going forward, um, especially also because Matt Ryan's getting up in age. And if they're drafting really early, there's some really pretty players coming out of college this year um, at quarterback that they might get excited about if they're, say, at the second or third pick. so Or even the first pick, honestly, they haven't won a game. So <laughs> those, are, those are things that I think management is going to start to look at. Um, there was talk about Julio going to the Ravens. Maybe they might try to get some um, try to get some assets for him, some picks for him. So this is a team that, you know, might have to start, might have to be forced to kind of take things on from scratch um, going forward into next year. So it's sad, but yeah, I, I don't really know where the Falcons, I don't see any good things coming for the Falcons in the next few years. <laughs> just so tragic, really. And I, I love Julio so much. And it, it just pains me that, you know, there's so many great wide receivers who have just never won a ring. And it pains me so much. Like Larry Fitzgerald, mm -hmm. Randy Moss, Calvin Johnson, Julio. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness. It absolutely breaks my heart. Especially because like, like as a Patriots fan, I've seen Tom Brady be throwing to Campbell Tompkins and <laughs> Aaron Dobson and Austin Colley who had a, con a concussion every other week. And I'm like, we could have definitely used one of those guys and they would have had a ring. It's just, it's really yeah. sad for me just seeing all that talent go to waste. But the wide receiver position is such a dependent position, right? Like you have to get thrown the ball. So you're kind of stuck in your situation and wide receivers aren't really able to kind of put teams over the top like that. But I do completely agree with you that seeing Julio with a contender would be, would be amazing. And I think this might kind of be his chance, especially since even he's getting a bit older now. Um, mm -hmm. Like when you're looking at wide receiver years, as opposed to other positions, so he might start to think that that might be a trade or something might be something that he's starting to force on. I mean, his contract is fair for his level caliber players. So if he's able to get on a team like the Ravens or um, another team that is contending for a title, I think that might be something Patriots. that Julio wants. Nah, no. Send him to the Pats. I was going to say it, but I helped myself back. <laughs> <laughs> they, they could use him, though. Julio Cam. Good. Oh my oh my goodness. Whew. That would be disgusting. <laughs> Yo, the Chiefs got Le'Veon. Oh, we got Julio. Oh, oh what now? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be really cool. 
But, you know, going back to the AFC too, Bill O'Brien was fired this year as well after an 0-4 start with the Texans. And he absolutely gutted that team completely. He just ruined that team so much. His coaching was bad. And he was an even worse GM. Yeah, Like that Hopkins trade... Oh my goodness. How was he not fired immediately? How was he not? How did that even go through? (laughs) Oh my, I could never understand that. And the fact he even lasted four games, like literally they have, they have no first or second round pick gone to the Miami dolphins. What are they going to do? They're one and four now. Like, what do you do? You don't have any picks to even get better. You just, you're just stuck. The hop the Hopkins trade was so bad that I firmly believe that that's the type of trade that would get vetoed in fantasy football. <laughs> Nonetheless, real football. Real it football. Was so oh, bad. Um, yeah. Horrible GM, bad coach. Worse as a GM, but still bad coach. And this was bound to happen. It was just only a matter of when. And um yeah, I don't really know what the Texans are gonna do now. Um they still have Deshaun Watson, who's a really good quarterback that they can build around. But the other thing with Bill O'Brien is that he never got he never got well with the stars of that team. Like he there was a lot there was altercation with him and Hopkins before the trade, which is a big part of why the trade happened. And a couple of days before he got released, he had an altercation with JJ Watt as well, who was like the heart and soul of Houston of the Houston Texans. <laughs> like JJ Watt is is Houston Texans. So for him to just be having all these altercations with all the star players, and he always seemed like a big ego guy, and he wasn't even that great that great of a coach overall. It was just mm-hmm. an app. He just, like you said, gutted the franchise, and it was an absolute mess. So Yeah. It's crazy you, you mentioned J.J. Watt, and he was literally, he was begging for change in his press conference. And the next day, he's, <laughs> uh, Bill O'Brien is fired. So, you know, they definitely listen to J.J., and rightfully so. I mean, he's been a star for that team for such a long time. But, you know, I've, I've said it multiple times, like Bill O'Brien, even that playoff run, they should have not, they, the only reason they b- beat the Bills is because Josh Allen, I don't know what he was smoking that night. He was atrocious <laughs> that game. And, like, it, it blows my mind to watch Josh Allen now, and I always picture that that playoff game from last season. I'm like, who is this Who is this dude? And then he was, he was the reason the Texans lost to the Chiefs after having a 20 yeah. nothing lead. So just how he even lasted this long, unbelievable. And speaking of another coach who I'm wondering who, why they've lasted this long is Matt Patricia. Obviously, he was on the Patriots staff for a really long time, and he was their defensive coordinator from 2012 to 2017. And in 2017, the Patriots had one of the worst defenses I've ever seen in my life. Like, all you need to know is they gave up 41 points to Nick Foles in the Super Bowl. That's all you need to know. And the crazy thing is that the Detroit Lions, they were 9-7 and seven in 2017. And then they hired Matt Patricia. 2018, they go 6-10. and 10. 2019, 3-12-11, although Matthew Stafford was injured. So that's probably the only reason they kept him. And now they are 1-3. and three, And they have by far the worst defense by any metric you use. Football Outsiders, DVOA, dead last. PFF, dead last. 
offensive pass ex- or expectation, defensive pass expectation, dead last. Defensive rush expectation, dead last. And he's supposed to be a d- defensive minded co- coach. Absolutely atrocious. Atrocious. He should be mm. on the hot seat right now. And I have no idea why he still has a job. I can agree with you more, Matt Patricia. He he just should never have gotten hired. He ha- he didn't do anything or show anything in New England that kind of proved that he could be the head coach of a football team. So that was a really bad hire um, by the Detroit Lions management. And I think they've been trying to, for years, they've been trying to squint and find reasons to keep him. (laughs) Um, And like you said, last year, it was really, it was a really weird situation because Matt Stafford was balling up for the first half of the season. And we, and for once we thought the Detroit might be good and then he got hurt. So it was kind of like a eh, maybe type of situation. And then now they're just really bad again. So I think definitely Matt Patricia should be one of the first guys um, come end of season to be on the hot seat um, alongside Adam, Adam Gase. Definitely. It's just, it's so insane to me. Like, I wonder if these players are like, yo, this dude sucks. Can we just get him out? <laughs> and it's like time. They need to let him go. Let him go. Let him go. <laughs> like, please. That that happens though. That like does happen. Like players have come out and said that the Detroit locker room is not good. And Matt Patricia, he tries to be like the guy that kind of like calls out players and stuff like that. And it just it just doesn't hit it just doesn't hit properly and mm-hmm. it just brings out a disgruntled but uh, locker room guys guys aren't don't really want to play for him. Like you look at coaches like Andy Reid, everyone wants to win for him, like they want to win the Super Bowl for him and mm-hmm. he doesn't have that connection with his players nor is he a talented coach. So it, mm-hmm. it's just a recipe for disaster, um, which we've seen come to fruition. It's crazy. It's just, it's mind-blowing to me. And they're another team with a lot of talent. All these teams had a lot of talent. Bill O'Brien got rid of most of his talent. But all these teams have so much talent, and there's no reason for them to be this bad. And, you know, two of these coaches are gone. Matt has to be next. Yeah, and I think a quick note on Adam Gase is just we mentioned it a lot at the beginning with El Bell, just horrible coach. Every time that he hasn't had Peyton Manning on his team, he's been horrible. And <laughs> um, you could blame Peyton Manning actually for the hire because he he was the one calling in favors to the Jets and saying good things about Adam Gase. So Peyton, yo, Jets fans <laughs> hate that man. <laughs> they definitely hate him. <laughs> so you you could go ahead and blame him, blame him, but yeah, Adam Gase is just. Not a horrible, horrible coach. Feel really bad for Stan Darnold, who is just at this terrible franchise, and his career is literally going down the drain. And they might just they might draft another quarterback because their pick is going to be so high. And then what what happens to Sam Darnold? He's going to be what like the next Josh Rosen, kind of like team hunting, trying to prove himself. Um, hopefully, he gets an opportunity, but there's no all line there. He's always under pressure. Elbow can get open. Elbow was actually supposed to be one of the guys that helped change the course of that franchise. So now that he's gone, there's just nothing, nothing good is happening. Um, yeah. So yeah, Adam gets right right up there with Matt Patricia for sure. Fire them, please, so I can watch <laughs> better football. <laughs> but but that is what like that and like as a, if you look at the everything as a whole is that's what separates good franchises from bad ones in the nfl like that's why there's such a drastic gap between like the really good franchises like the patriots kansas city 
um, Baltimore, Seahawks, yeah, Seattle, um, and franchises like these is that is the good hires and knowing how to build a build a team properly. This is stuff that we talk about all the time. Like these guys just like go for good quarterbacks and try to mask the fact that the entire rest of the team is horrible. Like that's not gonna work. <laughs> so um that's that's really what makes a difference um in the NFL. Yeah. And when you look at like the history of quarterbacks who were drafted, it's the ones who were, you know, maybe sat for a few years or even, you know, like they weren't like the team didn't need absolutely need a quarterback like yeah. Mahomes. Alex Smith was he was playing decent for the Kansas City Chiefs, but they got Mahomes, and that was such a huge upgrade into what they could do on on the field, and that was just a huge boost. The Seahawks they had a great defense, and you know they didn't even draft Russell Wilson high; they drafted him in the third round, yeah. and he was just an awesome addition to that team. But, you know, the Sam Darnolds just drafted to absolutely horrible teams. Rosen, like, and they're just, they're never going to have success because you can't, you need 53 men on a football field. The quarterback can only do so much. Completely agree. And there are always teams that already had some or most pieces. And that's why the quarterbacks can be drafted low and, and play really well. Well, obviously, the quarterbacks are talented, like Russell Wilson, super talented. And Tom Brady's super talented, but those guys were drafted low. Those teams already had some pieces with the higher draft picks. And then they could take you could take a quarterback later and still have success because you have actually have an O line or you actually have a pass rush. Um mm-hmm. or you so, actually have talent. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that that's where I think just like tanking for quarterbacks is just never gonna work because you need so many other pieces on a football team. And going back to what we were talking about before, fo- coaching is so important a good gm is so so important you need all those pieces in place before you could win yeah organizations win super bowls great quarterbacks are a huge factor but you have to have a complete team or else like aaron Rodgers would have 10 rings yeah. you know like <laughs> manning would would have had like 18 rings but you know you have to have a complete team and i think the NFL is starting to realize that because a lot of these top teams are very, very complete now. You know, you've only had the Packers and the Seahawks, which are on like way tilted towards the offensive side. Yeah. But a lot of these teams, they're all, the Chiefs are balanced. Seahawks are balanced or not Seahawks. The Steelers are balanced. Ravens are balanced. Browns are fairly balanced. Yeah. And I think it, the winner of this year's Super Bowl is going to be a balanced team. I'll say it right now. The way the Packers defense and Seahawks defense is looking at this moment, I can't pick them to win the Super Bowl. Because if you if you look at past years, it's always the balanced team that wins. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, definitely giving the Packers and the Seahawks time for the defenses to kind of figure things out because that is something you see a lot at teams that start off the season with bad defenses. They could kind of once they play a little bit more together and once they kind of work out their schemes, it could get a bit better. Um, but yeah, as of right now, those defenses don't look ready. And you do need a, at least an average defense. The The year Kansas City was able to win is the year they actually had an average defense as opposed to a really bad one in 2018. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I think those I think those teams are just so well coached like that they'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. We'll see. <laughs> 
Unfortunately, another big talking point from this past weekend was Dak Prescott's ankle injury. Unfortunately, he is out for the rest of the season, and it is so unfortunate that he was they didn't give him a long-term contract this offseason. So, so, so unfortunate. And it's unbelievable with how many times this has happened in the past with organizations skipping out on paying these players. And football is a mm-hmm. very unforgiving sport. And these players, they need to lock up as much money as they can as soon as they can. And once they've had success in the league, like what does that what else did Dak need to prove? He's been one of the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL since he came into the league. He's led them to so many winning seasons. He's led them to the playoffs. And even this year, he had 1,800 yards, nine touchdowns, four four interceptions, a passer rating of 99.6. And he was on pace to break Peyton Manning's single-season passing yard record. And it's just, it's really unfortunate to see that happen to him. But, you know, if there's anyone that I'd have faith in to come back even stronger, it'd be Dak. And he's just been nothing but shown kindness, shown poise, shown humility. And I have not, not, not a bad word to say about this man. And it, it, it breaks my heart just to, you know, with his contract situation and everything. But um, hopefully things can yeah, work out I mean, for him. Such an unfortunate situation. You look at a guy like Dak Prescott. This is a guy that's bet on himself his entire, his entire life, really. Like, um, when you really delve into how, he, like, the situation he, him and his, um, his brother and his mom grew up in, um, really, really tough life. Didn't go to a big school, a big recruiter. He just always bet on himself. Always worked hard, um, to get to where he is today. Um, Dak Prescott is not a guy you want to bet against going forward. That I'll say for sure. But in terms of mm-hmm. his contract situation, it is really unfortunate that he didn't. Um, get get it get it signed last year and i think that kind of betting on yourself mentality is partly why he kind of wanted to play out the last contract which i think is clear really clear now that it's something that you never want to do but i mean there is still talk that that they would still pay him i mean surgery went well it's 46 months um so he's definitely done for the season but he is right on track to kind of come in um healthy into next year's training camp and kind of be ready to for the Cowboys to kind of go for it and try to have the season they expected to have this year, trying to have that a lot next year type of thing. But um hopefully he's able to work work things out with Dallas. And I think I think he loves Dallas and I think he wants to keep playing there. Um but mm-hmm. I mean the the defense has been so bad this year that I, I don't think this year was gonna be yeah. the year they wanted anyway. Um, and now they're gonna have to have Andy yeah. Dalton step in and kind of, kind of play things through. But if there's any division that Andy Dalton can step in <sighs> and lead you to the top, it's this year's NFC East or the NFC Least, <laughs> which they should be called right now because they are so bad. But you know, even even with Andy Dalton, the Cowboys have a great shot of winning that division. Um, But yeah, just prayers out to Dak. And you can really tell the impact it had on that, on that Dallas team. And he's loved by the entire organization. He's loved by the NFL. And um, 
even coming out and being an ad advocate for mental health, you know, it takes bravery for, to do that, especially as a man, especially mm -hmm. as a black man. Like <laughs> people expect you to just keep your emotions in, keep everything in, but the bravery he showed doing that and just, you know, trying to trying to be an example in the world is it's just amazing. So I wish him the fastest recovery ever. And, you know, I hope he can be back even better than ever. Yeah, I mean, to see the outpour that happened um, all across the league, you know that that, was a that that is a special guy. And everybody's rooting for him. Everybody, regardless of how you feel about the Cowboys, everybody roots for Dak Prescott. So he's, he's going to come back to this, like you said, even stronger. And um, he's going to be ready to play next year. Definitely. And... Moving on to a bit of a lighter note, we've got a great slate of games this weekend, and we're going to run through our most notable games and provide our predictions for them. Uh, we'll see how this goes. We're trying, to, <laughs> we're trying not to go over too long, but we can start off with the Steelers versus the Browns. Uh, the Steelers are 4-0, Browns are 4-1, and they're in a really good division right now in the AFC North joined by the Ravens, who are 4-1 as well. So those divisional games are going to be very mm -hmm. intense, very interesting to watch because these are some really physical teams. And they're all kind of, you know, they're built, built in the trenches, both of these teams, their offenses and their defenses. So really going to be some unique matchups to watch. Uh, the Bengals are kind of out of <laughs> out of it in that yeah. division. Every Anyway, we're just trying to see how Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow plays. But... Yeah, um, the Browns are definitely trying to prove that they're legit, and the Steelers are just going to try and keep it going. And I have the Browns actually beating the Steelers 24-21. I agree with you that the Browns the Browns are going to win this game. Um, and I think I think they've Ooh. I think they have proven that they're legit so far. Um, I mean, no Nick Chubb this uh, this week, but they were able to kind of survived that last week against the Colts with who has a really good defense and Kareem Hunt has come in and taken that lead back role, which we know he can, he can do because he did it in Kansas city as a rookie. So um, the Browns, I think the biggest thing for them is just, they found their identity. They know who they are. They're a run first rushing team, which who then can kind of with that rushing attack, get receivers open for Baker to kind of, um, to kind of hit and they're a team that on defense that gets a lot of pressure with Miles Garrett who's balling out so far this year he's earning every dime of that massive contract that he signed um, and as an overall defense with Ward and the other um, defensive ends that they have who have been playing pretty well they seem to be a really complete team now that they have a coach in Stef Stefanski who can who is an adult <laughs> Um, <laughs> in the room, and who could kind of lead that team? They seem they look really good on the Steelers side. On the Steelers side of things, Big Ben has to give him credit has been looking pretty good as well so far this season. And the Steelers, we knew what their defense was because we saw it last season as well, and they've kept that going from last year. Uh, offensively, they look pretty good. I think not great. I think the the stats aren't telling the whole truth with Big Ben so far, but I, was, I think we'll see that for sure this week. Um, Chase Claypool. Shout out to Chase Claypool. Um, 
Yeah, yeah Abbotsford, BC, game. who he's Canadian and he grew up um like one of the small towns near Vancouver. So yeah, shout out to Chase Claypool. Yeah, oh, I, yeah, I a, didn't know he's, that. I, he like he's a big deal out here because um yeah, he's Canadian and grew up here. So he just had an incredible game last week. And I think he's I think he's earned a role in that system just because of his play. Obviously, uh, you have Juju and um you have uh Deontay Johnson who is just coming back from injury. You have um the other receiver Washington who is playing pretty well. But um yeah, I think they're going to go as far as Big Ben takes them. So it's going to be a really really good div- division divisional matchup, but I I do think the Browns win the game. Yeah, as long as the ball is kept out of the hands of Baker Mayfield as much as possible. <laughs> but moving on to, or no, you were going to say? Yeah, that, that was it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, moving on to some quarterbacks. We want to see the ball. Wait, I don't, I lost where I was going with that. <laughs> but anyway, two quarterbacks we actually want to see throw the ball are Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. And we've got a, another big AFC matchup this Monday, actually, because the game was moved. It was supposed to be Thursday, but, you know, COVID. So we got another doubleheader on Monday night, <laughs> which kind of sucks because that's my busiest day at school, <laughs> but I still need to watch these games. <laughs> but, yeah, um, these two teams coming off both tough losses this past week, the Chiefs falling to the Raiders and the Bills in embarrassing fashion to the Titans. We'll see how they can bounce back. Both quarterbacks were subpar to the way they've been playing this season. So it would be cool to see which one of them bounces back better. <laughs> and um, the Bills defense, I may have overrated them because they looked bad against the Titans. The short fields didn't help, but that was really crazy to see. And the Chiefs off defense looked really bad too. They could not cover Henry Ruggs to save their lives. So it'll be interesting to see if Stefan Diggs can, you know, take those deep routes to the house and how these teams are going to attack each other. I think it'll be fairly high scoring and I have the Chiefs 34 to 27. I have, I think it's going to be really high scoring as well. Um, Like you said, both teams coming off really bad losses last week. Like both two really good teams come out really bad losses last week, so I think, I think they're gonna both gonna come in and be hitting really well, um, offensively for both teams, especially because we we saw last week that the Bills' defense is a little bit suspect, especially with some of the injuries that they're going through right now. Um, so, and the Chiefs' defense didn't look as good last year, uh, last week either. So I think both teams are gonna come out really ready to win offensively but if it's an offensive game i think we know who we have to go with here i have chiefs i think it's going to be really high i have chiefs 43 30 i think it's going to be a really really high scoring game a lot of fun to watch um but um but yeah i think the chiefs are going to come back and kind of get things get things right i don't think a team that hasn't lost since like november of last year before the raiders they haven't lost since november of last year so I don't see them dropping two games in a row. Yeah. It would be kind of cool to see all the Chiefs fans panic, though, <laughs> if they drop two in a row. But 
but I can I can never root for a division <laughs> rival, so <laughs> swallow my pill and root for the Chiefs. <laughs> But probably the most notable game this Sunday is the Packers versus the Bucks, and notable because we have Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, who PFF has since 2010 ranked them both as well. Brady was number one, 97.3, and Rodgers was number two, 97.2. So that's as close as it gets, and the stats. They kind of follow the same trend. So these are two great quarterbacks. Obviously, Brady with his new team and the Packers have been unbelievably hot. And the Bucs are like looking to, especially the Bucs offense is really looking to bounce back. And after a really poor showing against the Bears, especially with, you know, shooting themselves in the foot with all those penalties. So looking to finally get some people back. Chris Godwin is going to be back for the Bucs. Well, he's expected to be back. And Devontae Adams is going to be back for Rodgers. So I expect this one to be really high scoring. But I have the Bucks winning by 1 point, 35 to 34. I am hoping that they don't shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah, I, I don't know. Hoping... Bucks need a win here. I don't want to be dropping 3-3 three to three and kind of looking like a average team. I don't know. But um, yeah, really, really excited for this game. Especially on... The Green Bay side of things with Devontae coming back. And I think with Rodgers, I think I think this is a this is a game that he kind of wants to prove a point here. We listened to the stuff that he's been saying um about how his down years are like careers for other guys. And I think, you know, now that he's hanging out with Pat McAfee and those guys, he's kind of feeling kind of feeling himself a little bit. I think he's like I think he's become more more of like an open guy. He used to be known for being like really reserved and not really talking much. But I think, you know, I think he's looking to sling it. I think he's looking to prove a little bit of a point here. I think he he knows that like how great Brady is. And I think he's going to show like, hey, I'm here too. So I do have Green Bay um, winning this game. I think Aaron balls out, um, especially with his number one receiver back. I have... Green Bay 30, Tampa Bay Buccaneers 24. That's pretty that's a pretty fair. Yeah, that's pretty fair yeah, score. That's like, and it's not like that's decent. Yeah, I, I do Yeah. I, I think the Bucks will score over 24. Just because the Packers defense is really suspect. And like the Bucks are hoping to get healthy. I mean, Mike Evans didn't practice today, but Chris Godwin was back, Fournette is back. They've been running the ball well. So I think we might actually even see the Bucks try to run the ball just to mm-hmm. keep Rodgers off the field. But on the other side, the Bucks defense, they are missing Vea, who is the reason why they were, you know, top two in uh rush defense. So I think I think it'll be really high scoring. Um I think for me. This game just comes to if the Bucks offense can play clean because I don't I don't expect the Bucks defense to stop Rodgers. I really don't expect mm-hmm. anyone to stop Rodgers this year, so it's just gonna have to be the opposing offense. Yeah, I think running the more. ball is a good good idea game plan wise because Ronald Jones has been playing well, um, and that's that's a good point. On, I mean the the reason I had him at twenty four is because they put up nineteen against the Bears, so I was like, give him a few more points. I say yeah, thirty twenty four, maybe thirty twenty seven type of game 
I would have, but um, I, I do think Green mm-hmm. Bay, with the way they've been playing, um, they've been hitting in all cylinders. And yeah, the defense is not as good as the Bears, but it's still pretty solid. So um, definitely a close game, though. A close game, two really good quarterbacks. Um, it's going to be a fun one. Yeah. I just hope Brady isn't the one to throw a, a game ending interception. <laughs> I think I think yo, if if one of them has like a game winning drive or something, Twitter's yeah. gonna go insane. Twitter's just gonna go absolute crazy. And you know how as sports fans we love our recency bias. Um that'd be amazing either way to see either of them have a game winning drive. And honestly. I've been I've been rooting a lot for Rogers, um, just because of the disrespect he's been getting, and yeah, I think people are finally because once Mahomes came into the league, everyone forgot about bad man Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. <laughs> so you know, put some respect on his name. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I just I I do think it's gonna come down to those last couple of drives though, and if it's not close. It's gonna be because Aaron balled out early. Like I think the Bucks wanted to be close. Um, Green Bay's been playing better so mm-hmm. far. I think yeah, we will both will both agree on that. So so um, yeah, yeah sure. if it's if it's close, then I think the Bucks will have Green Bay right where they want them. Yeah, and hopefully, old man Brady can keep track of Dallas. we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yo, he he might be salty about that. We'll see how they play. Oh, you we'll think we're going to get Matt I think, Angry Brady? I think... That'll be interesting. Yeah. We might. We Yo, Psycho Tom hasn't made an appearance in a while, so you never know. You never yeah. know. But yeah, it should, be, it should be a really good game regardless. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we'll definitely be back yeah. next week to break down everything that happens. Um, but yeah, lots, lots to look forward to this weekend. For sure. And Cam is back, by the <laughs> had way. I to throw it in there. Just, I just to wanted, wanted there. to mention that. I I had to throw it in there. My QB is back. He's back, y'all. <laughs> I don't have to watch Brian Hoyer or Jared Stidham. But please keep it that way. I will never I will never forgive COVID for taking our best offensive player and our best defensive player. I couldn't couldn't I have sacrificed like Sony Michelle? <laughs> <laughs> to the COVID gods? <laughs> why did it have to be Cam? <laughs> like, why? <laughs> Yo. Then, you know, they'd have a really good reason to go out and get Bell. I never wish COVID <laughs> on anyone. <laughs> we'll see. They, they might... They... <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't even say it. <laughs> we'll see. They might get, they might get Bell anyway, but... um. Yeah, I, th- I think the Patriots beat Denver regardless. Um, even, even if Drew Locke comes back, I think... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bill, Bill Belichick is, yeah, they're, they're just, just they're, they're, just a, they're a better, a team. better team than Denver is right now. Easily. So yeah, we'll be back next week to wrap up all the action. Hopefully we got some amazing games and yeah, hopefully no one catches COVID. <laughs> Except Sony Michelle. <laughs> Stay safe, yeah, thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Yeah, stay safe, wear your masks. (laughs) Hopefully you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. We really appreciate your support. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at What's the Play 12 and on Instagram at What's underscore the play. 
so you can stay up to date with all our content. We want to say thank you again for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Bye.